This is the Raising Athletes podcast, season two, episode 27, with Kim Christos, the founder and managing director of Center Court Girls Lacrosse. Hi. This is, I'm, <laughs> Once you know it's for real, you're like, <laughs> Hi, I'm Kirsten Jones. And I'm Susie Walton. And this is our podcast. Hashtag Raising Athletes with Kirsten and Susie. Our passion is supporting parents and raising not only strong athletes, but extraordinary people. Join us each week as we tackle all topics youth sports, including everything from early specialization and overuse injuries, to helping our kids feel empowered and learn how to advocate for themselves, not only in the classroom and on the court, but at dinner tables and in their communities. We'll be talking to coaches, athletes, parents, and anyone else who will speak to us <laughs> about their experiences with youth sports and their paths to success. And even more importantly, their failures. Yes, we're going to get into the gritty details of what went wrong so that we can all learn from it, teach our kids and ourselves how to do better next time. Because in the words of Maya Angelou, when you know better, you do better. So welcome to Raising Athletes, because we love to win too. Let's do this. I'm really excited about today's episode with Kim Christos, who's the managing director of seven different training centers of, of Center Court Girls Lacrosse in the Northeast uh, region of the United States. She coached at the college, the high school, and the rec level, and makes her the ideal fit and mentor for this lacrosse business. Uh, her vast experience, including coaching at the collegiate level at, as the head coach at Drew University and at the College of William & Mary, as well as an assistant coach at Brown University and Boston College. Full disclosure, uh, she and I were at William & Mary together. We talked about that a little bit, but we didn't know each other. So a small world, but um, how funny that we were there at the same time. During her collegiate coaching career, she produced All-American players, won numerous championships, and was awarded Coach of the Year honors within her conference and, her, and the region. She also was a three-sport athlete at, at Lincoln Sudbury High School in Sudbury, Massachusetts, where she earned nine letters in soccer, basketball, and lacrosse. As a junior and senior, she led the state in scoring and total points and earned an athletic scholarship to the College of William Mary. In college, she was an integral member of the 1991 CAA championship team and was the team captain her senior year. After graduation, she was selected to play on the Philadelphia club team, where she was invited to try out for the national team. As you can see, her experience in lacrosse is deep, but we really ended up talking more about um, her experience in talking to parents and, and as a parent herself, she's a mother of four children. Um, and so it's very fascinating to hear how she thinks um, both from a coaching and as, a, as from a mother's point of view. Um, please enjoy this great discussion I had with Kim Christos. Hello and welcome today on Raising Athletes. I'm so excited. We're going to have a great guest. We've never had anybody from the world of lacrosse. And today we have an expert. Um, Kim Christos is here with us to talk about the world and of recruiting in high school and college lacrosse. Um, but before we uh, meet Kim, I just want to introduce, I want to introduce myself. I'm Kirsten Jones, a peak performance and sports parenting coach. My passion is helping others align their values with their mission and their mindset to get what they want in life. As a former Division I volleyball player and 14-year Nike executive, 
I've always loved understanding the power of what makes peak performance possible. As a mother of three and someone who's currently in the middle of supporting my oldest son's dream to play, play basketball in college, Susie Walton and I have created this podcast to help others who are trying to raise not only strong athletes, but more importantly, extraordinary people. Unfortunately, Susie couldn't be here today, so you're just getting me, Kim, but I'm so excited to have you. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yay. So as I said in the little brief intro, we've never had anybody here yet on to talk about lacrosse. I've been looking for someone, so it's kismet that we, we got to meet. <laughs> and full disclosure, our sons are actually together um, in Vermont playing for a year of basketball, trying to get to that next level. So we are here as mothers, but also as, as uh, former athletes ourselves. Um, maybe we can start with with your background and fellow alumni, William and Mary as well. Hello, go try. Yes, so we were actually at William and Mary together. We didn't know each other then, but we were. We both graduated in '93, and I was playing volleyball, and Kim was playing lacrosse. So um, let's start with maybe a little bit about your background in in. Um, you were a multi-sport athlete, right? And now we see because of the pressure and commitment and all of that, we see less and less of that. Do you have, maybe you can talk a little bit about your background and, and um, how you got to lacrosse in college or, or focused in on that. And then we can transition into talking about what are we seeing with, with athletes now? Sure. Uh, well, growing up, I grew up in a suburb of Boston in, in Sudbury, and I was the youngest of three children and with two older brothers. Um, my parents were, were, sports enthusiasts, but they, they didn't really think that their daughter was going to be, uh, be an athlete. So they had my, my brothers doing all sorts of sports. Um, but they had me not doing too many sports. They had me doing the typical girl, uh, I guess, avenues like ballet and gymnastics, uh, swimming lessons and, and those kind of things. But, um, what they found is that I wanted to keep up with my brothers and, and do basketball and, and try these other different sports that they were doing. Um, so I did do basketball and softball, um, but really didn't do lacrosse until later on. Um, I think I was in eighth grade and I took a clinic and I, I really took a liking to it. And, and then from ninth grade on, you know, was, was playing, um, you know, one of the, the, our, the athletic director said to my parents, I think, which opened their eyes. And again, this was, this was late, you know, I, I'm in eighth grade now and, I took his clinic and it was mostly boys and it was my friend and I, Betsy, um, that took this clinic and, and he said to my parents, I would have this, I would have Kim on any of my teams, any boy, girl, doesn't matter. Um, she's got what it takes. And, uh, you know, I think that's when my parents said, wow, like, you know, we, we got to let her do some more, some more, uh, physical activity. I think she's good. She's, she's competitive. You know, that was, that was the big thing. And then from there, your passion for it grew and you. Yeah. So then, um, so in high school, I, I played soccer, basketball and lacrosse. Um, you know, I, I was really basketball was my thing, um, but I was not too big. You know, I was only five, five, I was feisty point guard, but that wasn't going to get me much attention. Um, but my lacrosse, like it was just new to me. I think it was a new sport and it, it did come easily. Um, and, and I did have a passion for it. So 
it wasn't until my senior year, and, and now we look at the recruiting process and how crazy it is. My parents at the dinner table, we never talked about, you know, where I'm going to go to college or what college I was going to play at. It, that was never the topic of conversation. It was, oh, who do you have next? What, what, who are you playing next? And, uh, you know, my dad would say, you know, you're averaging this many goals. You, you know, you're, you're right behind so-and-so. You need to score two, so much, a few more goals to be the leader, you know. And so he put a little bit of pressure on me that way, um, you know, to be at my best. But no, we never talked about college. And in fact, um, the phone started to ring um, in the fall of my senior year. And I would tell the guidance counselor that, you know, these college coaches are starting to call me. Um, you know, do you think I should apply to these schools? And he's like, no, 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 Kim. No, you, you're, you wouldn't be able to get into those schools with your grades. You're a good student, but you got to be a great student. I said, well, why are they calling me then at home? <laughs> so... Um, Long story short, I, I didn't commit to, I did all my official visits. I went on five official visits um, and, and then I, I, in the fall, and, and then I committed to uh, William & Mary in the spring, I believe, my, my senior year. Um, so, you know, went through the whole process of getting the envelopes, the big envelopes, the small envelopes in the mail yeah, and, <laughs> and, and all of that. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a shame, you know, to a certain extent, um, how the process has changed so much. Um, but again, I had a different path, a different journey. Everybody has their own, own journeys, you know, um, but you, you don't see it as, ma- as, as much of these multi-sport athletes. And I do think, you know, burnout and, you know, specialization, um, you know, it, it, it where I had that new passion for new sport, you know, in ninth grade, you, you don't see that so much anymore. You see them kind of fizzling out by ninth grade. Um, you know, so I, I do worry about that when, when parents tell me, Oh, I would love to try lacrosse, but you know, she's so, she's so busy with, with soccer or these other sports that, you know, that she doesn't have time for it. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's nine, <laughs> you know, she's 10. Right. Um, of course she has time for it. You know, it's just, will you make the time for it? Uh, you know, I, I, I do believe that as, as parents, it's our job to, you know, especially when they're young to expose them to as many opportunities, um, you know, and, and for our field, you know, sports, I wanted to, to expose them to as many sports, um, you know, my son, he played, he did wrestling and baseball, lacrosse, you know, everything but hockey. And he still says, why didn't you ever get me into hockey, mom? You know, I would have liked to do hockey. Um, but, you know, I, I secretly kind of thought maybe my kid, one of my kids would be a, uh, you know, musician or a singer or love to cook or do these other things. But um, as much as I tried to expose him to that, they always they always ended up going back on the athletic field. So to, to our parents, that's a great point. So to our parents, what is your advice to... Um, those who are trying to play multiple sports, what age do we need to start specializing? Oh gosh. You know, again, it's different for everybody. Um, for my son, he, he played football, basketball and lacrosse up through sophomore year in high school. And then he, you know, he was growing like crazy and um, you know, it was never thought to play to play basketball. I mean, his childhood dream, he wanted to be an NFL quarterback. Um, and I remember one time we were in the dermatologist's office, he was seven and, um, he asked him what, what he wanted to be when he grew up. And he told him that, that, that was his dream. And he looked at, he goes, look at your mom. What are you mom? Five, five. There's no way you're going to be an NFL quarterback. You know? And I thought, what is he to say this? Um, I'd love to bring him back in and, you know, show him my six foot five son and say, look, look what this guy, you know, you don't, you never know. Don't, don't, don't ruin his childhood dream. Um, 
you know, so he, he, uh, he specialized, he's, he gave up both lacrosse and football to concentrate on basketball because he really did need to work on his game to play at that next level. Um, but that was his choice. That wasn't us, you know, making the choice for him. That was solely his decision. He wanted to play fall basketball. He wanted to play spring bas- basketball and he wanted to weight, lift weights and do everything, you know, so in order to do all of that, we had to, um, and, you know, that's working out for him right now. My, my, my oldest daughter is also a three-sport athlete. She's a junior now um, on her way to, to probably getting 12 varsity letters. Um, she, you know, she goes through the aches and pains. Um, you know, I know that strength and conditioning is, is really important for these kids. And I, I tell all the other parents that they need to be doing this. Um, but my own kid, it's, it's hard for me to fit that in when she's playing three sports. Um, you know, we've discussed on multiple occasions, giving one of them up and, uh, she just has a hard time doing that. She really loves each sport during each season. Um, but lacrosse is her, her main sport that she chose. Um, you know, so we, we did, she was on a club, I, I, a quick story about this kid though. She, you know, she's, and this is what parents I think have a hard time with when she was a young kid starting out and playing these different sports. Um, she was a star, you know, she just was a natural athlete. Um, she was a stronger kid already had muscle mass. Um, and you know, she was dominating. And I think, um, what happened was, you know, not only she got caught up in it, but we as parents got caught up, caught up on it. Like, Oh, she's so good at soccer. She should play in this club or she's so good at basketball. She's, she needs to do AAU. Why isn't she on an AAU team? And then lacrosse, you know, it was, yeah, she should be on a club team. And so we, we, we were a little crazy and we did do, um, we didn't do the club lacrosse ironically, um, for a while, but we did move her out of the rec program to club soccer because she was, she was miserable. Um, she wanted to be on a more competitive with more competitive players like herself. Um, because after games she would, she would run home and like slam the door. She'd so mad and she couldn't understand why her other teammates were eating cupcakes after the games. (laughs) So you kind of have to know your own kid. Um, but you know, to a fault, and, you know, we were talking about previously about making some mistakes as parents. Um, she was in either fifth or sixth grade and she developed the, the Seavers, you know, in her foot, which is a very common overuse injury now for younger kids. And I had her in the pediatrician and um, and she said to me, what are you what is she doing right now? And I said and as I as the words came out of my mouth, I thought what am I doing to my own child? I said, she's playing clubs. This is the spring club soccer, town lacrosse and AU basketball and the change of terrains. And sometimes she was going from one sport to the next sport, you know, in the same day. Um, So instead of being a super busy, overstimulated kid in the spring, she went into a boot for six weeks and missed everything. And I, I, I made a vow that day and I said, you know what, I'll, I'll never do this again. And I'll, I'll never, uh, you know, one sport a day, one sport a day, you're not, you know, and, and you have to pick this, you know, so that, that was, you know, kind I of an eye. You respond to that though, because I hear what you're saying. It's a kid who she never complained, right? Like she went from one to the next and she loved all she of it. Right? Yes. Yes, she so, did. Right. That's right. Hard as a but parent. That's when, right. But that's when it's right. pulling for it, asking right. for it. Right? right. But we're the adult, we're the adult and we know, we know better. And, and, you know, I, I, and again, I, sometimes I advise people, um, with, 
with better advice than I do for my own child. And I would never advise that to anybody else. Um, you know, so we, we did have a sit down and we talked about, you know, what, what she's willing to give up. And, and it was the AU basketball at that time, um, going into high school, it was, you know, she, she was, then she was now on a lacrosse club. I said, now you've got to make your decision. Is it going to be soccer or lacrosse? Um, so she said, well, I, I want to play soccer in high school. And a lot of these clubs don't allow that. So I'm, I'm going to give up soccer and, and, and keep lacrosse. So now she's on one club, but she does play, you know, three varsity sports, but it works for her. It works for her. She keeps up with her studies. My, my next daughter was, was a gymnast. Can I ask you one question? So do you, what pushback do you get from the coaches though? Like, cause doesn't she ever miss a practice from another sport? And oh, that's, that- that's an excellent question. Yeah. Um, time and yes. Yeah. So you know, you, you just, I think communication is key and you, you just have to know what you're going into. Um, you have to be open and honest with, with these club directors and coaches and let them know her situation. Um, you know, pretty much standout athletes, they're, they're going to be okay with them coming here and there, but the, the kids that really need to develop and work on their and hone in their skills, they're going to want to see more regularly or, you know, they say, well, you, you got to make your decision. You're either coming or not, you know, you can either be a pro- part of the program or not. So, you know, each, each club runs a little bit differently. Um, Kate has thankfully um, been in really good situations where, where they understand it, her situation, uh, you know, but she's also a very good athlete. So, um, yeah. you know, I think they're willing to, to make those sacrifices. Uh, she's going through the recruiting process right now in the fall and her, Thankfully, her soccer coach is extremely understanding and, and le- allowing her to miss practices, but, but hoping she doesn't have to miss any games to go on her visits. Wonderful. But yes, you do get a little pushback from that. Yeah, because I've heard people talking about not only from the coaches, but from the other parents and why is that kid playing if, in fact, she wasn't at practice yesterday? Oh, well, yes. Yep. yep. It causes yep. a lot. It causes a lot of it, it, it does. It, it yeah. does. Yep. Yep. You have to, you know, you, you, you try to be consistent, I think in your, in your policies. Yeah. In your philosophy. And can you, um, so speaking of that, which is, sounds like she was an early bloomer and she, you know, being a natural athlete, which is wonderful. And it's what we all dream of having, but a lot of people and, um, don't get the the early bloomer or for particularly for boys, they hit puberty later and they develop later. And this, you know, we're a culture of, instant gratification and you should be good immediately. And maybe you could talk to, and, or you come to the sport later, right? So you just don't have the foundation that some kids who've been playing since they were six or eight or 10 have. How, can you talk to about maybe even examples from club or players that you've seen or coached? you've coached at the college level, at the club level, at the, you know, at all levels. So you see this, I'm sure a lot of what are the characteristics that build great athletes over time, not just, okay, great. She's a great athlete in eighth grade or high school or college. But if you're not, if you don't have all the skill sets right out of the gate, what, what advice do you have to parents to help their kids if they're not, if they're undersized or they're not fast enough yet, or they haven't played as long? Right. Um, well, that, that, that's, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough question because, uh, you know, parents do want them to, to be, not necessarily the stars of the team, but they, they want them to reap all the benefits from sports. Um, and, you know, not just the skills and the, the fundamentals of the game, but all the, the life skills as well. And when your kid is struggling, 
it hurts and you can watch, you know, most parents can see it, but some kids can't and some parents can't. But, um, you know, when you're, when you're watching the sport and you see that your kid isn't keeping up with the rest, I think they're, they're always looking for other ways, you know, to, to seek guidance, um, and support, you know, there's, there's individual, individual trainings that, that work, um, for some people, um, but more group trainings as well. Like when you're, when you're looking for, for clubs or training centers, you you want to find areas that they, um, they really stress the development period, you know, um, not, not so concentrated on, um, winning, you know, winning is everything. It's, it's more about, you know, the, the, the process and developing and you have to give these kids time. Um, what I've noticed, you know, being a parent and, and also the coach, but particularly as, as, as a parent, you know, seeing these kids and my kids now into the high school, watching them, you know, be somewhat of the stars when they were younger, everybody, they do catch up. These kids really do catch up if they want it bad enough and they put the time in and, and work and they're, they, they keep on their, their path, um, you know, maybe get the extra help that they need, uh, they, they catch up and they, they hold their own, you know, in, in high school. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed to see the, the, uh, the huge progression, um, in it. You know, I, I, I also talk about sports just like I do classwork. Um, you know, you, you might be an honors math student, you know, um, but if you're not an honors math student and you want to get into the honors class, what do you do? You know, how do you get better at it? You, you either get a tutor, you know, you work harder at it, you know, you, you get somebody who can relate to you better. Um, you know, it's okay to, to leave different programs if they're not connect, connecting with the coach. You know, find coaches that work well with your kid, that they will build confidence and self-esteem. Um, you know, find different ways to relate to them, to motivate them. You know, it's, it's a process. Um, you know, I do, I do think that that's why, you know, kids shouldn't specialize because different coaches see different things in your kids. Um, you know, the, the experiences that they, they develop under, under different coaches with different kids, different sports, you know, can all attribute and help them become the person that they become, you know, by, by high school. Such great advice. I love that. In fact, you're reminding me of this client right now who she's newer to volleyball. She's only 12 and her parents don't know anything about sports. And this, that happens a lot. They're parents that don't have a sports background. So I feel for the people who they weren't athletes themselves, so they don't really know how to navigate. And they found that the best best club that they had heard about was an hour away, a solid hour, hour and a half away from them and they live here in LA. And so they were driving down to Long Beach every, whatever, four times a week and to be with the best talent. And he said, you know, the father says to me, you know, the daughter's in, in the fetal position, like all the way down there. And then she gets there. And as soon as she gets going, she seems to be okay, but she's psyching herself out. She's having all these, you know, anxiety attacks over playing. And, but I know she really likes it. <laughs> and, you know, the advice is let her go be somewhere where she can be successful when she's still just learning the basic foundation. You don't need to drive an hour, an hour and a half away at 10, 11, 12, 13, let her go to the one that's around the corner where they're teaching great fundamentals. And, and sure enough, she had been going to some clinics lately and she goes, I walk into that gym and I just, I feel amazing. I'm like, that's where you go. You go where you feel like, okay, I can be a contributor here. I can get good feedback and coaching and I can grow. And I don't have to feel like I'm less than as I walk into the gym. Like that's, that's not a great feeling, right? Right. That's not a great feeling. But then once she develops that confidence in herself and her, and, and in her abilities, 
you know, there, then there's a fine line again, you know, how much do you push your kid? You know, this anxiety that she has, is it, is it just for fear of failure? Um, is it fear, fear that she can't keep up with everybody else? Um, because what I'm hearing too, is that I know he makes the long drive, but when she gets there, she does. Okay. Um, so, you know, that's like trying to figure out your kid. Yes. You want them to have, you know, step into the room and be comfortable. There's definitely a comfortable feel, but then you also want them to be challenged and to, to raise their level of play. So, you know, when she's ready, I do think that, you know, it's hard to go the hour commute, but if you think that that's going to get her to where she wants to be, and if this is her dream, then, then the parent should you know, eventually, um, get her the, the kind of coaching that she needs to get to that next level, if that's what she wants. Yeah. And that's, that's a good segue actually into, so I love the whole, fa- I'm fascinated by mental and mindset and mindset work. And so seeing athletes that can get to the next level, to your point, like what skill sets or what traits do they have that make them, you know, able to, because it doesn't always go well and you don't always win and you're not always chosen or for most of us, that's the way it goes. So what are you looking for as a, as a club coach, as a, as a club director to help? What are the parent, how should the parents be helping their kids, um, build those skills and, and what are they, if you can identify them? Well, it sounds like you're, you're telling me to, to give some, some parent advice really, um, <laughs> you know, and it, it, it is, it is hard, you know, I, when we're looking for kids, like in tryouts and, and that tryouts are just miserable for everybody. I feel like they're, they're miserable for the club directors, for the kids, for the parents, you know, waiting to hear, you know, you know, what team they made or if they made a team, I, I hate the process of tryouts. I really do. I, I wish there could be a different system. And in fact, if I can figure it out, I'm, I'm going to implement that. Um, but you know, the parents advice, I I think we're, we're very used to preaching a lot and saying, you need to do this, you need to do that. Um, and we, we don't necessarily listen to our kids, um, enough. And, you know, if they're coming to us and saying, I don't think I'm ready to, to play club, or I don't think I'm ready to do this, um, maybe we should listen (laughs) instead of putting them into situations where they're not ready. I mean, more often than not at the club scene, you know, the, the kids that are coming to the tryouts are not ready to play club. Um, they really need to hone their skills and, you know, go to more training sessions and develop, um, a faster level of play, um, you know, more confidence in the game, you know, before they're ready, like you were just talking about the volleyball player before they're ready for that next level, you know, so, so really listen to them, use them as a, as a guide. But if you're seeing like, that they're picking up their lacrosse stick and they have that passion, you know, help them along and, and help find them ways that they, that they can improve and, and reach their goals. Um, it, you know, it, it's, it, we're not literally looking for star players. We're looking for kids that, that definitely have athleticism, but that are coachable. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids that listen, you know, maybe that, you know, the, the, I always say the first ones back from water breaks. Like I love those kind of kids that they're just eager. Mm-hmm. Uh, those kids that, that really want to learn and want to be there um, and, and have some athleticism to go along with it. Uh, you know, with lacrosse, you might have like phenomenal stick skills, but not great athleticism. You know, you can find them a spot field, but as they grow, you know, the athleticism becomes a, a bigger part. You know, it, it comes more into play. Awesome. Um, well, speaking of giving advice, so one thing that 
you know, as a parent and I'm not a coach, I coached my kids when they were little, but now I'm not coaching. But I, I think another unfortunate thing about the whole club thing is that the coach becomes the enemy and they shouldn't be, they're there to help and support her. They wouldn't get into it. Right. What advice do you have or what are you looking for, for parents? Like what can they do to best support their kid that, that is in, in alignment with what the coach is trying to accomplish? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How much time do you have? <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think when, when they're looking at coaches, you know, they, they want to make sure that they align with the, the way that they're raising their, their child, you know, um, coaches, I, I, if, if you're, if you're involved in a program that is, uh, demoralizing your kid that they, they they're using fear fact you know and and um intimidation in their practice styles and in their games you know that that may not be the the place that's best for their kid you know if you have coaches with with high character um who are very knowledgeable or, or motivational um or, or dependable and and uh you know reliable but also prepared and and innovative um, I think you've got a great coach, you know, with all of those, those criteria. Um, but you're, you're not always going to have, you're not always going to agree with the coaches and, and their policies and their philosophies. And, you know, if, and I do think it's okay to speak to the, to, to the coach, you know, if, if you do find that there's a problem, um, but coaches do certain things based on, their philosophy, um, but also what they see day in and day out at practices. Um, you know, parents are not at practices for the most part. Some of them, you know, the crazy or parents. Or they shouldn't be. Well, or they shouldn't be, <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's funny when, when coaches, you know, when, when uh, parents say, why, why are you not playing my kid at midfield? Like she's, she signed up as a midfielder. And I said, oh, because when I try to put her in midfield, she says, please don't play me at midfield. I don't want to play me. I don't want to run, you know? And, and the parent is like, what, what do you mean? She doesn't want to run. So like, there's a lot of different things that, that uh, transpire between a coach and their player that the parents aren't aware of. Mm. Um, but, a, you know, asking questions, I think, I think is, is also very important, you know, to not only your kid and ask them, you know, how's practice, how are practices going? You know, has the coach given any advice? Um, the, the one advice I, I, I I give our own coaches, you know, is it's hard to do this very hard, but try to engage every single kid at practice at least once mm -hmm. just, you know, that was a you know great hustle in the ground ball, or even I like your shirt today, you know, or cool shoes. Like, I don't care what it is, but just notice that they're there, um, to a fault, you know, at drew, when I was coaching at drew, some of the better athletes, I ended up apologizing, you know, at times because I said, you know, I'm so sorry. I don't feel like I coach you enough. And it's because you, you don't do any wrong. Like you just show up, you're always giving a hundred percent. You're always doing. And, and those are the kind of kids that, that I have to remind myself, they also need guidance. They also are, are valuing your, your uh, advice and your support. Um, but um, you know, you, you, it's always the weaker links that you're focused on trying to get them up with the, with the, uh, the, the top kids. So, um, you know, that it, it is to, to be a good coach, you have to be a hundred percent present. You can't let anything else be in your mind. You have to just be concentrating on the kid 
giving them your full attention, um, you know, again, trying to build their confidence and self-esteem, correcting, of course, you know, when they need to be corrected, um, but giving them the opportunities to make mistakes and then grow and learn from those mistakes. Mm. I love it. That's fabulous advice. Um, when I talk to parents and you say, why, why do you have your kid play sport? And they say, you know, usually somewhere along the lines of, I want them to be happy. This is something they enjoy. And I want them to learn some life skills that I know sports affords them. But we know most of our kids, you know, less than 7% will play in college at any level and less than two will play division one. So along with having a wonderful experience, which we hope they have and the skills they're going to learn, can you speak to academics and how important that becomes or should be for these kids as they're, you know, juggling so many things? Uh, well, academics should always be be their main priority, a hundred percent. You know, and and we do, and in, in, in myself to a fault as well. You know, we we get caught up um, with the routines and the schedules, and um, sometimes lose focus on that. But you know, through from kindergarten or preschool all the way through college, uh, master's degree, it, the focus is always your education and w- where it's going to take you in your professional career. Um, you know, that, that, that should always be a priority. And, and, uh, you know, the, the, uh, coaches, I think talk, you know, parents speak of that. Everybody speaks of that, you know, as keeping, but, but are the kids really making that a priority? Um, my own family, they, they joke about it because, um, you know, I've been a coach for so long that I, I sometimes, I, I think I'm, I'm not a mom, but I, I actually coach my family as well. And, and the start of a, of a school, year um we do we do goals as a family we have them all sit down and even my husband sits down and and i'm up there with you know a big uh, dry erase board and i'm writing you know what what are our priorities what do we what do we care about as a family and and we go over them together um but it's always you know putting our family first and and friends first you know god first or whatever your religion may be but then the next is is schoolwork and academics and the focus, you know, needs to be on your, your schoolwork and getting stronger and challenging yourself in the classroom and, you know, getting the most from your education. Um, and then the third, and this is where, you know, I, 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 I tell my kids constantly, please, if these are not your goals, just tell us and we will, we will change our path. Well, you know, we won't, we won't pressure you so much, you know, to, 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 to do these things, but you know, whatever your interests are should be your third whether it's sports or performing arts or, you know, whatever it is, um, we're going to support you a hundred percent in these goals. And when you're tired and don't feel like doing it, but this is really what you want, we will be behind you, um, you know, giving you good food and helping you get your chores done, you know, and helping you uh, whatever you need to, to reach those goals that you're, that you've set for yourself. But if they change, please let us know. And we'll, <laughs> because it's, it, it'd be nice to cross some things off our list. Definitely. I think that's such good advice. The, I heard a, a counselor say once you should have 91 minute conversations with your child about drugs and alcohol is what they were talking about. Instead of one 90 minute conversation, the mm-hmm. keep checking in piece is yes, so yes, yes. things change over time. Just because I wanted to be an NFL quarterback when I was eight doesn't necessarily mean, but, but you said that, right. You told right. me right? exactly. I'm just supporting your dream. You know, right. right. And I don't think there's any ill will, but it's just a parent, you know, keeping checking in and how, how are they doing and how is that evolving? Um, 
my oldest who's working on, you know, figuring out what's next. And he says, I don't know where he got this, but he says, I have a 40 year plan, not a four year plan with college. I really want that to help me open the door to the next thing. And right. so yeah. you can look beyond what the immediate is, but what do I hope to get out of this next step? Whatever that is, whether that's middle school, making the middle school team or making the high school team or potentially getting the dream and the chance to play in college, you know, that that's, those are all amazing and they all require checking in. Right. Yes. Yes. Yep. And it, yeah, you can, uh, right. Don't just settle, right. Always check in. Yep. Wonderful, Kim. This is so fun. I so appreciate you coming on. We've actually run out of time. Already. <laughs> I, knew we would. <laughs> I knew we would too. Uh, but maybe next time we can have you back and, and we can talk a little bit more specifics about, um, recruiting in, in lacrosse. I know more people want to hear about that and yes, um, yes. To that the next time, but thank you so much for being here. Um, any, any last parting advice? We actually kind of always end with, with one question. Um, if, how would you answer the best athletes I know do this? It's a good question. The best athletes I know are driven, are coachable, have good work ethic and are great team players. Mm, I love that. So true. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. And uh, to parents out out there who are raising an athlete, or if you know other sports parents who are trying to get better at supporting your team, please please feel free to rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Our goal is to, to support parents who are raising not only strong athletes, but extraordinary people. We thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at hashtag raising athletes. Please feel free to drop us a comment and share our feedback. We love feedback. We try to get better every day. I know you do too. Thanks so much. Thanks, Kirsten.